I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to have you here. I am your host, Brother Frank, and it is a blessing to be alive. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for all you all that, that prayed uh, for me. I went whitewater rafting up on the upper gully. I was able to go for free. I was invited with some people that were already going. And, uh, you know, like I told everybody, uh, I might have been in the Marines. I've done some crazy, a lot of crazy stuff in my life, but I, I don't have a death wish. Um, but it was one of the most amazing things I've ever been on. It was intense. And yes, one of my listeners kind of grilled me over it. Why would I be doing it right now? And But I just rest everybody assured, if I felt that the Lord didn't want me to go, I would not have gone. And so, praise God, it was incredible, and it makes me thankful even more to be alive and to be here with you tonight. Um, the good news is, Jesus is still on the throne. The good news is, God has not lost control of this planet. The good news is, he's still in the business of saving souls, and he needs you and I all of us in this battle, in this fight to the end. Tonight, we're going to jump into some of this stuff right now. Uh, i got an amazing show, hopefully, God willing, of the Spirit of the Lord, uh, which we are going to invite God to be present on this show. Uh, we'll take this and manifest it in such a way that it will be a, a show that you will stir you to go deeper, to be prepared, and to be ready. Folks, I got news for you. Jesus is coming again. Yeshua is going to come in the clouds of glory. It's not going to be long, but it is going to get dark on this earth. Let's pray. Father, in Yeshua's precious name, we thank you for the blessings that you have given us, the blessings of peace, Lord. So often we cry, Lord, give me peace, but you've said my peace have I given you. So, Lord, I ask tonight that the prayer would simply be this. Lord, may we receive your peace. This is the hour. This is the day. Now is the time. Lord, we thank you for all these things. We ask that you bless this program to your honor and glory. In Yeshua's name, amen. Folks, um, if you didn't get to hear Brother David Murray's last episode, powerful, powerful. Folks, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly we are, we are living in the last days, but if you are not growing deeper in your walk with the Lord, you've got a real big problem. And Brother David uh, really hits on that last week out of the whole series, uh, and it's all great. That one was powerful, and I want you to check that out. And the one before Benjamin, Brother Benjamin did on the um, America the Farewell Tour um, excerpts taken from a book that was uh, released not too long ago in, into the secular world, but had some interesting, uh, powerful insights that it's amazing how people in the world can see things that people in the church somehow just miss and go right by. Well, tonight I want to talk about a prophecy specifically. Many of you are probably familiar with it, but I find that over time we tend to forget things. 
1999, you, if you, for you, you all have listened for quite a while, you know my story. I left one morning my house strung out on, on crystal methamphetamines. My wife was leaving me. Everything was over. And, and uh, the Lord miraculously saved my life that day on the way home, delivered me from drugs, and saved my marriage in one day outside of a church. I didn't even know how to get saved. I'd went to church growing up, but I didn't know how to get saved. I didn't know anything. I, I, I didn't know how it happened. Well, I found out that day when I met the Lord in my vehicle, and it was powerful, and it was amazing. And it wasn't too long after that. I was so hungry to devour anything I could. I was so on fire for the Lord. I mean, it was... It, I, you couldn't touch me. I was I literally on fire. Everything. I was just so 150% in. I remember I scared some family members so bad they actually called my pastor at the time. They thought I had gone off the deep end. And, and yes, I look back now, I was a little unbalanced at some times. But there were other times that I realized what it is like to be under deep conviction from the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, folks, a man under or a woman under conviction is a powerful thing. It's not to be messed with. It is deadly serious. And when the Lord is, uh, has you under conviction, I'll tell you the best thing you can do is just follow where he is leading you. Even if it sometimes costs you some friendships, even some family relations. Not that I ever am. I am, I am a peacemaker by nature, with especially people. I, I'm not an angry person. I was growing up. I liked to fight a lot, but I, I never... I've I've always been the person when unless you had a problem with me I, I like to just get along, and uh, so, anyways I came across I would listen and hunger for shortwave because it was the only place I could find what I felt was real preaching back in the days. For those of you still out there, you know what I'm talking about. We li- clung to our shortwaves back then because that's where the people really were preaching strong. And I heard of this man named Demetri Dudeman. And I remember I was so young in the Lord, it was right after I'd gotten saved, and I began to devour the things that he was sharing. And I began to study them in the Word and follow these things. And I tell you, folks, it was a game changer for me. And I remember so on fire to share things with people, only to be shut down from those in church because they didn't want to hear what I had to say because it didn't agree with what their theology was before they were even willing to take a look at it. Well, I want to say thank God for my earthly father. Uh, also, thank you, of course, for my heavenly father. But my earthly father, Dad, if you're listening, I love you. You know I love you. And you stood by me, Dad, through all those tough times when people didn't want to hear me. They discouraged me. They they really messed, messed me up. It hurt so bad. But, Dad, you were always there Thank you, Lord, for having an earthly father that stood by my side. But as I began to devour Demetrius' messages and got into it, I realized that something special was happening. There's a lot of people that claim to have the gift of prophecy or this, that, and the other. But something was different about Brother Dudeman. Here's a man that looked like he wore a $5 suit. He didn't have all the accolades that everyone else had, the training. He was just a normal man under a powerful conviction, not out to make any money, but out to spread the truth of God in a country whose language he did not speak. Well, if you've ever seen the Wake Up America message, you need to watch it if you haven't. His grandson, uh, Michael Boldia, I've uh, been able to meet him before. Uh, 
just is it's a god-given translation uh it's unbelievable listening through i've preached through translators folks many times and and you know what it's like when a translator is on and you know what it's like when a translator is off and i'll tell you this was spirit-led translation it was so smooth it's a joy to listen to a translator when it's that amazing and and it really touched me but the message that got me fired up is what i want to look at tonight because i believe this is still coming, and it's very soon. Look, folks, I run an IT company, okay? Am I happy for the way the economy is going right now in something? Yes. Does it help my business that people are, uh, you know, that they are spending uh, money right now on stuff? Yes, it does, okay? I'm glad for that. But, folks, my eyes are not on the riches of this world. What I am looking at is what is being aligned out around us. And so maybe, you know, as good as Donald Trump's been for the economy, it's also going to be a time where our enemies are truly aligning against us in unified power. Look at the joint Chinese and Russian uh, um, military exercises that are going on. Folks, these things are lining up to take place. We are on the verge, this Kavanaugh thing, we are on the verge of an internal civil war coming within this country. I'm tell folks, it's coming. Listen, Matthew 24. Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Nation means ethnos, ethnicity. There will be ethnic uh, uh, war. There will be basically racist racial wars that are going to be happening. That that's what um, nation means. It means ethnos, ethnicity. That's what's going on. It is coming here into this place, and it is just more and more a reminder of what's going to happen. Folks, you see how close we are to an all-out triggered civil war in this country, and so I'm going to get in. I want to share this prophecy tonight, look into it a little bit, and then I want to talk to you at the end. I feel it's very important that we need to get down as believers now, okay? And so here we go. This was September 1984. It was late one night. Here's how it goes. Late one night, I could not sleep. The children were sleeping on the luggage. This is Brother Demetrius speaking in here. My wife and daughter were crying. I went outside and walked around. I didn't want them to see me cry. I walked around the building crying, saying, God, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me into this country? I can't understand. If I try to ask anybody anything, all I hear is, I don't know. I stopped in front of the apartment and sat on a large rock. Suddenly, a bright light came toward me, and I jumped to my feet because it looked as if a car was coming directly at me, attempting to run me down. I thought the Romanian secret police had tracked me to America, and now they were trying to kill me. But it wasn't a car at all. As the light approached, it surrounded me. From the light, I heard the same voice that I had heard so many times in prison. He said, Dimitri, why are you despaired? I said, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me to this country? I have nowhere to lay my head down. I can't understand anybody. He said, Demetra, didn't I tell you I am here with you also? I brought you to this country because the country will burn. I said, then why don't you bring me here? To, why, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in my own country? You should have let me die in jail in Romania. He said, Demetra, have patience so I can tell you. Get on, get on this. I got on something next to him. I don't know what it was. I also know that I was not asleep. It was not a dream. It was not a vision. I was awake just as I am now. He showed me all of California and said, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. 
All of this in one day will burn. Its sins have reached the Holy One. Then he, looked me, he took me to Las Vegas. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. Then he showed me the state of New York. Do you know what this is? He asked. I said, no. He said, this is New York. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. Then he showed me all of Florida. This is Florida, he said. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. Then he took me back home to the rock where he had begun. In one day it will burn. All of this I have shown you. I said, how will it burn? He said, remember what I am telling you, because you will go on television and radio and in churches. You must tell with a loud voice, do not be afraid, because I will be with you. I said, how will I be able to go? Who knows me here in America? I don't know anybody here. He said, don't worry yourself. I will be with you. I will do a lot of healing in this American churches, and I will open the doors for you. But do not say anything else besides what I tell you. This country will burn. I said, what will you do with the church? He said, I want to save the church, but the church has forsaken me. I said, how did they forsake you? He said, the people praise themselves. They honor that the honor that the people are supposed to give Jesus Christ, they take upon themselves. In the churches, there are divorces. There is adultery in the churches. There are homosexuals in the churches. There is abortion in the churches and all sins that are possible. Because of all the sins, I have left some of the churches. You must tell in a loud voice that they must put on the end of their sinning. They must put an end to their sinning. They must turn toward the Lord. The Lord never for, never gets tired of forgiving. They must draw close to the Lord and live a clean life. If they have sinned until now, they must put an end to it and start a new life as the Bible tells them to live. I said, how will America burn? America is the most powerful country in the world. Why did you bring us here to burn? Why didn't you at least let us die where all of the Dudamans have died? He said, remember this, Dimitri. The Russian spies have discovered where the nuclear warehouse is in America. When the Americans will think that it is peace and safety from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the ocean, from Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico, he told me two other countries, but I didn't remember what they were. They will bomb with nuclear warehouses. They, when they explode, America will burn. What will you do with the church of the Lord? How will you save the ones <clears throat> that will turn towards you? I asked, he said, tell them this, how I saved the three young ones from the furnace of fire and how I saved Daniel and the lion's den is the same way I will save them. The angel of the Lord told me, I have blessed this country because of the Jewish people who are in this country. I have 7 million Jews in this country, but they do not want to recognize the Lord. They didn't want to thank God for the blessing they received in this country. Israel doesn't want to recognize Jesus Christ. They put their faith in the Jewish people in America, but when America burns, the Lord will raise China, Japan, and other nations to go against the Russians. They will beat the Russians and push them all the way to the gates of Paris. Over there, they will make a treaty and appoint, a Rush, and appoint the Russians as their leaders. They will then unite against Israel. When Israel realizes she does not have a strength of America behind her, she will be frightened. 
That's when she will turn to the Messiah for deliverance. That's when the Messiah will come. Then the church will meet Jesus in the air, and he will bring them back with him to the Mount of Olives. At that, at that time, the Battle of Armageddon will be fought. When I heard all of this, I said, if you, truly, if you are truly the angel of the Lord and everything you have told me is true, then all you have said must be written in the Bible. He said, tell everyone to read Jeremiah 51, 8 to 15, Revelation 18, and Zechariah chapter 14. When Christ fights against those who possess the earth, after his victory, the angel said, there will be one flock and one shepherd. There will be no need for the light. The Lamb of God will be the light. There will be no sickness, no tears, and no death. There will be eternal joy, and God will be the ruler. There will be only one language, only one song, and no need for a translator. And Demetri, he continued, a word of warning. If you keep anything from the American people that you, that, ha, that you are told, I will punish you severely. How will I know that this is for real, that this will really happen, I asked. As a sign that I have spoken to you tomorrow before you awake, I will send someone to bring you a bed. And at noon, I will send you a car and a bucket of honey. After which, I will send someone to pay your rent. The next day, someone brought Demetri a bed. And at noon, a car arrived with a bucket of honey. His rent was paid. It was also paid, and God, as God had promised him. Wow, that's heavy. I remember years ago listening to Dan Bowler as he was sitting beside Brother Demetri before he passed away, and he looked down at his hands and his. And his face, and he saw all the scars where he had suffered for the Lord, and he had been beaten and imprisoned, and all that stuff. And he was overwhelmed. I remember he said, Lord, I'm sitting by one of your generals. Because he had seen how Brother Demetrius had been beaten and tortured for the Lord. Folks, bad things are coming to America. But God is calling us to his light. Now, you might say to yourself, Brother Frank, I don't believe that. America is not in the Bible. This isn't about the United States. Revelation 18 is not about the United States. Jeremiah 51 is not about the U.S. What are you talking about? That's crazy talk. Well, folks, I want to just turn for a quick moment here. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 51. Jeremiah chapter 51. And here's where we're going to start reading. Verse Six, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her recompense. Now, this is what you need to remember about the destruction of ancient Babylon. It happened several times slowly, and people migrated out over a period of time into that area. It did not happen in one hour or one day. They had a change of kingdom out when the river was diverted. And we had it overtaken the government, but we did not have a sudden destruction. Go look it up. The history books will even tell you. You can find this in the Encyclopedia Britannica that it was not destroyed. This is talking about another location. It said Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Babylon has suddenly fallen and destroyed. Suddenly. And destroy how you for her take balm for her if so be she may be healed 
We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her, let everyone go into his own country, for her judgments reached unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. It's interesting when you look at these verses. See, ancient Babylon was a purely pagan nation. Yes, did God use Nebuchadnezzar at one point? Yes, he used Nebuchadnezzar. But the nation was full of astrologers and the Chaldeans and people that worshipped the Babylonian false gods of that time. This right here said we would have healed Babylon. Healed her, meaning that she was once okay, now she's sick so she can be healed. I've got news for you. Ancient Babylon didn't follow the ways of the Lord. said she would have been healed, but she wasn't. Forsake her. Go into your own country. And folks, if you've been grafted in to the vine, according to Romans 11... Whether you're Jew, Gentile, everybody has to get grafted in. You either got to get grafted back in, or you got to get grafted in contrary to nature, the wild olive branch. Either way, when you get grafted in, you become a part of Israel. This whole replacement church theology is absolutely wrong. It is a joke. You're either a part of Israel, or you're not. You're either grafted in, or you're not. See, if you're grafted in, that's why Paul said, and all Israel shall be saved, both Jew and Gentile that are grafted in. This was not talking about ancient Babylon. Yes, there are pieces and parts between Jeremiah 50 and 51 that refer to the ancient Babylon. But this is, the, this is not it. Verse 10, the Lord hath brought forth the our righteousness, and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Make bright our arrows, gather the shields. The Lord hath raised up the spirit of kings of the Medes. For this device is against Babylon to destroy it, because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which he has spoken against the inhabitants of Babylon. O thou that dwell upon many waters, abundant in treasure, sure things, <clears throat> excuse me, abundant in treasures, thine end is come and the measure of thy covenant. Now, folks, ancient Babylon did dwell. There was a river that ran upon it. But as so is the United States, we dwell upon many waters. And waters also represent people. Okay, we replicate the same. We are in Babylon. This is the place of Babel, of many languages, on many people, on many waters. And God is raising up the enemies to come against us. Uh, folks, it is going to happen just like uh, Brother um, Demetrius said. He's raising up people against the United States. And you see right now, they hate us. Revelation 18, and if you, the amazing thing about Jeremiah 51 and Revelation 18 is you find the same things repeated in these two places. But there's just a few things that I want to look for, because remember... Babylon had been a golden cup, right? Made all the nations drunk, right? 
by the by the by her the the wine of her fornication. And so here in verse three in Revelation chapter eighteen it says, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So this Babylon has made all the merchants of the earth, that means those who are trying to actually sell things, has made them rich. So you got to think about this. This Babylon that Revelation 18 uh, is talking about is a mass importer. And because of their desire for luxuries, the merchants of the earth have been drunken by her wealth and her treasure and, and have committed fornication with her because they love that she buys their good. She lo- they love that they buy her goods, or their goods. And so continuing on in verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Now, folks, I believe that is a twofold prophecy for sure. That is a prophetic voice that says, I want you to stop participating in the sins and what's going on in Babylon. And folks, that even means in the Babylonian churches. It's time for you to stop doing that because we see that everything that's going on in Babylon is just absolutely, uh, it's, it's horrible right now. There is so much disgust and filth in this country that has permeated the church, just like Brother Dudeman said. We've got abortion in the church. We have homosexuality in the church. We have divorce in the church. We have open adultery and fornication. Everything is going wrong in the church, and it's accepted. It's okay. People just turn a blind eye because I don't want to judge. But I'm telling you what, there is one who's coming to judge. There is one that's coming to judge. And as we've talked about on prior programs with Brother David, what it means to to know that the Lord loves you and what it means to live in the fullness. We also talked about the last time that is not a license to sin. A license to sin is called lasciviousness or licentiousness, meaning because of grace you can do whatever you want. Jude talks about it, says there's a bunch of people that have come into the church in his day preaching this licentious message that basically says, because of grace you can live how you want. He says that's damnable stuff. It's heresy. It's, that's doctrines right from the pit of hell. And it's going on in the United States. And you see that Babylon is not only in the political and in the social, but it's in the religious system that's going on. And you remember what happened in ancient Babylon, right? You remember church in ancient Babylon? Yeah, hey, listen, you three boys out there, you know? Listen, at the time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm sorry, that's their pagan names, but uh, you, you know, when you hear the sound of the sackbud and the sultry and the dulcimer and all these things like that, then will you fall down and worship this golden image? That's what goes on today in so many churches here. If you come in and we got the best music and all that stuff, and if we can get you jazzed up enough and feeling good enough, and then you'll fall down and worship. It's the same exact worship that was in ancient Babylon. It's the same exact stuff as in ancient Babylon. And you know what? The Lord sent in the Medes, according to that, uh, and back in Jeremiah chapter 51, uh, you may have heard of them, right? The Medes and the Persians, right? They're also known today as Iran. 
You might have heard of them before. And all their alliances that are going to be happening and going on. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting how that is one of our absolute arch enemies today. The Medes. They hate us. It seems like the Word of God is coming together a little quicker than people expected. And so... God says, come out, stop it, said, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Folks, if you think that you can just live in a life of sin, and it's okay, and grace is just going to cover everything, I've got news for you. It's not acceptable. We all have struggles. Folks, I understand the struggle. We, we've got struggles, but that doesn't give us a license to live in sin. That's why we repent. We humble ourselves. We seek the Lord. We cry out. We fast and we pray. And that's what we do. And the Lord, you know what? He is so faithful to, to save us from this stuff. He doesn't give us, though, a license to do what we want to do. Continuing on, looking up here in verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. <coughs> Excuse me. For she said in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. So here, this Babylon, oh yes, she's lived like a queen. Oh yes, she, doesn't, she can't bear to lose anything, even though she has killed tremendously in her past. And folks, listen, I served in the military. I love this country, but I'm telling you right now, we have puffed ourselves up at times. And the Lord is going to humble us. We have lived so luxuriously, we have forgotten the word of the Lord. Verse 9, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Oh yes, these kings, these other leaders, they are prostitutes. Yes, they know that America is wrong, but they love her riches and therefore they commit fornication with her. They're living outside of the marriage covenant with her because they can get some type of satisfaction with her. But in their hearts, they hate her and they want her burned. But they will be in shock the day that they see it. Standing afar off in verse 10, for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. So the Bible says that, you know what, it's going to happen in one hour of one day, like Brother Demetrius said, just like the Word of God says, that she is going to burn. And the interesting thing is that the merchants of the earth are going to be standing far off her shores as they watch the smoke of her burning going up. Now, folks, do you think all the merchants of the earth can gather together and see ancient Babylon burning right there and weep and wail? Well, we know this was written in Revelation 18 post that. Some people think this is Rome. Folks, all the merchants of the earth can't gather out at the ocean and weep and wail because they see Rome. Rome sits inland some. It doesn't work out right. This is talking about one country that is in this world that has made every single person that's a merchant of this earth rich because they are selling this place 
their luxurious items. Tell me anywhere else, anywhere else in this world that can fulfill this prophecy. And there is none. There's never been a country like the United States of America ever, ever in the history, in the history of this world. Now, the interesting thing, when you go back to Jeremiah 51, it said we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Yes, America once was the country who was following the Lord. We were a country who feared the Lord. And yes, there are still God-fearing people. But as a nation, we've got the name of the Lord. In God, we trust on our money, but we're killing babies nonstop in the abortion clinics, and we don't care. We should take in God we trust off our money because we've been lying as a country. It's not true. It is false what we've been saying. And it's time for the people of God to rise up and to say, you know what? I've had enough of this falsehood. It's time to come out of their Come out of her, my people, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean things. Yes, because, see, the merchants of the, uh, of the earth, they've been selling gold and silver and precious stones, things we love to import, fine pearls, fine linen, and purple and silk and scarlet. You know what's interesting that kind of stuck out to me when I read this years and years ago? Interesting, it says this. Precious stones and pearls, fine linen, white, right? Purple, bluish, kind of, and silk, or we could say purple, silk, and scarlet by itself. Blue, white, and red, or red, white, and blue. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We got our own colors right here. All thy wood and all manners of, manners of vessels of ivory. Yeah, we don't have ivory in this country. We import that. Those are the things, iron and marble uh, we love and brass to get from other places, cinnamons and odors and ointments, frankincense and wine and oil, things we love to import, and beasts and sheep and the horses. Yes, we have imported those things into the United States. Go back into our history and our chariots or our cars and slaves and the souls of men. Sound familiar? Sound like slaves, souls of men? Sound like the United States of America? Slavery, things like that? Yes, we have done all those things. In this country. And God is going to call us out. And this country will burn in one hour of one day. Folks, let me just tell you this, okay? I know America is the biggest thing on the planet. But it all started over in Israel, in that area, in the Middle East. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to end there. And as far as I can see in this book, when it comes to the very end, we're no longer mentioned. It's not all about us. It's actually about God. And he needs us to be about his business because this country is not following him at this point right now. But the problem we run into is people don't read the book anymore. People aren't reading their Bibles. They aren't studying this stuff anymore. They're not looking to see what's going on. They're simply listening to podcasts or they're listening to YouTube channels, but they're not actually digging into the Word. They're not digging into the Word. Because if they dug into the Word, they would see these things come alive, and they would see that God is going to make provisions for us, even in the darkest hours of this earth's history that are to come. You've got to get into the book. 
You see, there are so many people out there, even believers, they, you know, they, they're so torn up over the Bible, they hear one story that they don't understand, and they're, they're a wreck. They don't even under, you know, they, why would God do something like that? Because they failed to read the whole book. They failed to read the whole book and understand the whole plan of God. And take example the book, the, the story of, of Abraham and Isaac on the mountaintop. Yeah, we know it was a foreshadow of Christ. We know that the Lord was going to sacrifice his own son and not require man. But some people can't even handle that story. How dare that God would actually call you know, Abraham to, to sacrifice his son. And, and I admit that's, that's a little bit troubling of a story. But if you read the New Testament and you understood what Paul had said, it said this in Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac that he'd received the promise offered upon his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy seed is called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So here we look at this story, and so many people are like, I can't believe God would do that. And you miss this amazing passage that Abraham actually so believed the promise of God that the, I, through Isaac, all the nations of the earth was going to come through that seed, down through that line, that he went up on that mountain knowing that even if God had to raise Isaac from the dead, he would fulfill his promise. And you miss the story of one of the most powerful moves of faith ever in the entire Bible was when Abraham went up on top of that mountain knowing that he was going to have to sacrifice his son even though the Lord stopped him. But in his heart he said, you know what, God must keep his word. I don't understand what he's doing right now, but I know that he promised what was going to happen in Isaac and he will keep his promise. And oh man... What a powerful story. But you've got to read the book. You've got to read the Bible to understand these things. You see, I remember one time when I was back taking Cisco exams, all right? I was getting certification Cisco. And I remember I programmed Cisco routers and switches, and I thought I was pretty good at that stuff. You know, I'd done a lot, you know, and that was known around the work. This guy knows what he's doing and everything, you know. It's pretty good. Until I started taking practice exams and realizing I didn't know very much at all. You see, it didn't matter how much I had done and, and been around these routers and I'd done some programming and all that stuff and switching, and, I, and, I, and people thought, hey, he's pretty good at what he's doing. I had the look of what was going on. And I had some knowledge, study the book, in order to pass the test. You see, folks, what I'm trying to tell you is if you don't read the book, you're not going to pass the test. I'm not talking about salvation here, folks. But I am. Listen. If you don't know the one who authored the book, how are you going to accept his gift of salvation. And the only way you're going to get to truly know him and know what's on his heart is by reading this book and spending time in prayer. If you don't read the book, you won't pass the test. Now here's the interesting thing. I know God can save anybody, and some people may not read, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you that are able to find out about who God is.
You see, there's so much confusion. Listen, you know it. It's in your families. It's in the churches. There's so much social confusion about the truth, and there's so much political confusion that's going on. It's getting even hard to discern because many people that knew they stood firm on particular beliefs for years have begun to waver, and they don't see it as such a bad thing anymore. There are believers in the world that knew homosexuality was wrong, and now they're starting to question because now someone maybe in the family has it. And folks, God bless you if that's happening. I am sorry. May the Lord comfort you. But don't give in to accepting. Pray against that thing. It's the only hope that they've got that you will stand against what's going on. You don't have to be mean, but you've got to fight it on your knees. If you get in and accept it, then you are saying, it's okay if you get to go to hell because I don't care about your salvation. And there's confusion in the church because we're not reading the book anymore. How are we going to know where we stand today if we don't read the book? So many people are crying out for truth. And they're running to and fro. Because there's a famine in the land. If the truth is, though, if they would pick up this book and start reading it, God would change their lives. Because all he's looking for is people who desperately want the truth. And when people want the truth, God is able to deliver. If you don't read the book... You're not going to pass the test. Now, folks, I want to say something here about the book. This is not just some book. This book is a special book because it's a spiritual book that requires the spirit of the living God to be understood. You remember 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 12. Now we have received... Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which he, the Holy Ghost, teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they, they know them. Excuse me, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, folks, there are so many people out there that they know the words. They've read the words. They've been to Bible college. They might even be scholars, and there's many scholars that are absent of the Spirit of God in them. You see, it's not only about reading the book, but we also got to pray. We have to pray and have communion with God. And when we do, he begins to open to us the deeper understanding in the Word. Folks, that's why we read through sometimes the Scripture over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, one day, boom, the Lord opens our mind. You can't just only pray and not read the Bible. And you can't only read the Bible and not pray. You've got to do both. Psalm 119, I want to close with, folks. Psalm 119. I, I want you to want you to devour this word again. This is the time of the end. The Lord is coming again. He has called us unto peace, but we need to understand the instruction manual. 
that the Lord has laid out for the last days. Psalm 119 and verse 98 starting. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. You see, God's, when he says, through thy commandments hast thou made me wiser than my enemies, do you know God's commandments are for our good? When he says, thou shalt not steal, that's good for us and good for our neighbor. The commandments of the Lord make you wise and they also protect other people. And the Bible says that if you read his word and you follow the things and you meditate them on, that you are actually smarter than your teachers. And the ancients, you're smarter than those, those old hoary heads that they used to call them, the frosty tops, you know, the gray hairs. The Bible says that if you follow the word and you, you, you follow God's word and you meditate upon it and you, and, you, and you read his word, that you will actually have more understanding than your teachers. See, that's good news for us that don't have all the degrees and all the doctoral things and everything else. If we follow and we seek God, it makes us smarter than our teachers. And, all the, and I'm telling you right now, don't get me started on my absolute distaste that comes up in my mouth for snooty academia. I cannot stand them. I am not against education. I think it's wonderful. I am not against academics. I love scholarly work. But I cannot stand snooty, smarter-than-thou people. They think they're so intelligent when the truth of God says, you know what, even fishermen who they called unlearned men, yeah, you might know them as my disciples, they're smarter than those who think they know everything. 101, in Psalm 119, 101, it continues, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. See, God, this, the, the psalmist here understands it. I meditate, I read, and I stop living in sin. I stop it. I didn't say you had the strength, but you start seeking the Lord. You cry out to him. You put your whole heart, and I'm telling you, folks, he's in the business of deliverance. How, listen to this, 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The psalmist says, your word, God, is so amazing. It's like honey. It's like honey in my mouth. It tastes so good. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate false ways. Do you know, just following the word, seeking God, you'll begin to hate evil. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You've heard that before? That's what happens. Verse 105. Yeah, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's saying, the psalmist saying, you know what, Lord? Your word is... It lights me in everything I do. If I'm going here, if I'm whatever, it is what guides me through this world. That's why we got to study. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This world is getting crazier and crazier, and it's getting harder and harder, especially 
for the younger generation to discern the truth and the principles of God. This is why we have to get back to studying and meditating on the words of this powerful book we call the Bible. The detailed instructions for the last days are contained in that book. And, we, and there is no option and no excuse not to study it unless you are physically, mentally unable. This book, coupled with the Spirit of God, is sufficient to sustain us through the earth's darkest hours. Now, I learned something on that rafting trip this past Friday. I think I could pull 10 sermons out of that thing. The Upper Gauley River, some say it's about the most extreme rapids you can do in North America about. You know, there's some argument maybe, but it's one right after another after another. It was literally the most intense thing. But I learned something that day. There was four of us on the raft and one guide in the back. And when we first got on there, boy, he had to really beat it into us. We've got to paddle as a team, boys. We've got to paddle as a team. And you know what? He drilled it into us to where we started to begin to work as a team. And I'll tell you where we found the first ability to truly work as a team is when we hit that first class five rapid. I'm telling you what, we learned how to work as a team. And we've learned that if we worked as a team and we listened to everything our guide told us, because our guide gave us specific instructions. And I remember one point we started to celebrate going halfway through one of these class fives because we hit, it seemed like almost a little bit of a patch of calm for a split second. He said, boy, don't celebrate. We are in the middle of a rapid right now. And so we kept on going and we followed the guide and we realized that as long as we listened intently and we followed the guide and we did exactly what the guide told us to, we could navigate through the toughest waters on the upper Gali River. But if you don't row and paddle as a team, you will swim as a team. And there were many parts through that river when he said, boys, you do not want to fall off here. This is not an area you want to come off right now. And if you come off up here, you have to swim a certain direction. You cannot go over in this direction right here because you're going to get trapped under rocks and all kinds of things happen. But we listened to our guide, and we did exactly what he told us to do. And we realized that there was nothing we could not get through if we paid attention to the guide. You see, folks, if we will pay attention to what the Lord is saying, and we will do exactly what he would say. And we tell you, folks, get together with other like-minded believers. And I know there's some of you who struggle, but trust me, God's got them out there. And we work as a team for saving souls. God can take us through the, the darkest hours on this earth so that we could be victorious even in the middle of tribulation. Yes, in the middle of those rapids, it felt like tribulation that time. My adrenaline, my heart, everything was going a million miles an hour. But I realized and the confidence began to build as we got through more and more of those rapids. You know what? We can do this because we're on the same page and we did exactly what our guy told us. Now, I remember we got down to the Sweetwater Falls, 12-foot waterfall. We came over and our guide said, listen, I'm going to give you three hard 
forwards like that. He said, we're going to lean in going down over that, and when we hit the bottom of that thing, we are going to give three back paddles like that over here, and then we did three more like that, and he said, we'll be just fine. We did exactly what he said. We ended up right, and we watched other rafts come down, and they did not fall, have a guide like ours, and they didn't follow his directions. And you know what? Well, some of them, one of them in particular, I remember we didn't get to see a lot of them came around there, and boy, they flipped it right over when they went around this place called this postage stamp because they didn't have a good guide leading them. Folks, we've got the best guide in the world, and his name is Yeshua. He is the Word. He is what you are reading when you are reading this book, and he is going to guide us through the darkest hours in this time. Yes, America is going to burn. I believe that with all my heart. But that doesn't mean we don't have a job to do in this hour. Some people God is going to call out of this country before this happens. And there may be some that he's going to bring you through, right as Brother Dimitri said, right through the fire. The key is that we need to be listening to what the Lord is saying. He will speak when it is his time. Do not try to force his voice to speak early. You simply get in the word, meditate, you pray, and you wait, and you seek him, and he will speak when he is ready. Folks, keep looking up. This is getting to be a wild ride, something we've never seen before. But if we follow the guide and we do what he says, he will keep us through the darkest of times. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.